Welcome to the Thriving Mom Podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non-diet nutrition counselor on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Mom Podcast. I'm so excited you could join me today. If you're new here, I feel so honored that you could join me. (laughs) Welcome. I'm so glad that you chose to spend your time with me by listening to this podcast. I hope you'll find some inspiration for your food and body freedom journey today. And for my OJ listeners, you know I have nothing but love and respect for you. I'm so happy and honored (laughs) that you're always here and listening and learning and just seeing how this is working out for you in your life. It just makes me so happy. You're the real MVPs here. So today I'm really excited because I'm chatting about self-care. And before you click away, you might want to stick around because you've probably never heard anyone talk about self-care like I will in this episode. So now I know a lot of us have this sort of love-hate relationship with self-care because of what we know or what we think we know about self-care. And I've always wanted to talk about it, but I wanted to bring a different lens to self-care. So I'm really happy because (laughs) one of my clients inspired this episode. It's funny because we had been working on why it's been so difficult for her to honor her needs when it came to food and managing stress. And during one of our sessions, we were doing thought work around self-care. So it turns out that the reason she was really struggling with her needs was this underlying belief that taking care of herself is selfish. Now you might hear that and think, well, what in the world? How is that even possible? But I can guarantee you that most of the women who are listening to this episode can relate to this thought. I used to think the same way, and that's why I did all the things that I did seven years ago to be this woman who had it all and who did everything until my body decided to fight back. And if you haven't listened to that story, I would invite you to check out podcast episode one for all the juicy details. Now, many of you listening may have been where my client was, or you might be there right now or you'll be there someday. Because we live in a society that has socialized women or people who identify as women to believe that life begins and ends with us. So we live with this belief that if we're not sacrificing all of our time, our energy, our money on being productive or serving other people, then we're not really worthy people. We're not really worthy humans. So a lot of us struggle with this self-worth, right? Of course, when you add motherhood to that, (laughs) the pressure even becomes more. And to all of that, I'm just saying we need to call a time out. I told my client that I'll be thinking of her when I record this podcast episode. (laughs) And it's so funny because she was like, well, go ahead and do it. So this episode is dedicated to her and all of my other clients that I've 
coached in the past, the ones that I will coach in the future, I'm dedicating it to all of them and to you as well. I want you to walk away from this episode with the permission that you need to prioritize yourself and a renewed mindset about taking care of yourself. I want to help you make that mental shift that you need about self-care so that you can start thinking about it differently because I'm so tired of seeing moms struggle with juggling so many things that they barely have time for themselves. And when they get the chance to breathe and finally do something for themselves, they feel guilty about it or they feel ashamed or it's something that they feel they need to hide. This has got to stop. If we want to be free of the chains of diet culture, if we want to be free of the chains of the burnout culture of motherhood, then prioritizing self-care is a must. It's not a luxury. It's not something that is nice to do. It is a necessity. So for us, many of us tend to run to food and our bodies to try and fix that. And that is not usually the issue. I always tell people, food and your body, they're never the enemy. And until we start to address the things that are really causing us stress, we will always feel like the solution lies in controlling food and our body. And most of the times, we know it doesn't work because we're doing it through the lens of diet culture and we always end up feeling like failures because most times it doesn't work. So in this episode, I'm going to show you a quick way to reprogram your mind when it comes to self-care, and we're going to do that using thought work. First, I want to give you a quick intro into thought work, then I'll provide some questions to help you work through your thoughts. I've also included some of these questions in a quick start guide to food freedom, which you can download from my website at oliveandbliss.ca slash foodfreedom. The guide actually works you through steps you can take today to help you stop stressing out about food because (laughs) I know that's one of the things that a lot of women talk to me about. I've included journaling prompts in there to help you work through some of the thoughts that may be keeping you stuck. So if you're in need of some quick steps just to ease some of the stress around food and eating, then I encourage you to grab the guide. Once again, the link is at oliveandblaze.ca slash foodfreedom and I'll include that in the show notes. So what is self-care? Self-care is sort of this term that gets thrown around depending on who you're talking to and what their background may be. It looks different for everybody. So just so we're on the same page, the dictionary meaning for self-care is the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness, in particular during periods of stress. And the Oxford Dictionary further goes on to stress that true self-care isn't intended to be a quick fix or an escape from life, but a way to care and parent yourself regardless of where you are in life. So for me, I really like that definition because when you think about self-care in that light, it's easy to see that there's so many ways that you can incorporate self-care into your life without waiting for the stars to align or for things to be perfect and calm or for it to be accessible to you, right? Because it could look different for you depending on the season that you are in your life and in your motherhood. And of course, when you're waiting for perfect and calm, we all know that's not always the case. So now thought work is one of the tools that I use in my coaching practice because it's simply about paying attention to our thoughts, becoming curious about them, and then choosing whether or not we want to continue thinking in that way based on the results that we get. Now, I've said it before on this podcast, every behavior we have serves a purpose for us. 
And usually that's driven by a thought. So the thought that you have about something that's happening will lead to a feeling. And that feeling is what drives your action. So most times the actions that we take would confirm our thoughts. And those moments serve as evidence that what we were thinking is true, even if it's not. But our brain doesn't like to be in the middle. It doesn't like to be in a place where it's not knowing. So it tries to make sense of every situation. And whatever is in front of you is what your brain takes as evidence. Now, the issue is that sometimes our thoughts are not always based on facts. These thoughts may be stories that we've told ourselves over and over again until we start to think that they're actually true and they're fact. Meanwhile, they may have been shaped by our history, our upbringing, your cultural beliefs, diet culture, hello. Different things impact the thoughts and the stories that we tell ourselves. Now, because we're talking about self-care in this episode, when it comes to self-care, there's so many of us that have stories that we tell ourselves about what it means to take care of yourself as a woman or as a mom. For example, some of you may think that self-care is all about facials, manicures, and getting massages. So then if you're someone who is able to afford these things, you don't see it as a luxury. You see it as something that's necessary. Someone else who might think self-care is about facials, manicures, and massages, but then they're not able to afford these things, might come to see it in a negative way. So then they might feel the need to lash out or think badly about women who indulge in these things because they can't afford it. So in other words, they feel like they're missing out. That doesn't change that definition of self-care being about facials, manicures, and massages, but your circumstances Where you are determines how you interact with that. So you could come to see facials, manicures, and massages as a bad thing because you can't access it or it's not accessible to you, or you could see it as a good thing because you have the money, you get to do it, you don't think twice about it. Other people may think self-care is unattainable because life is too busy, right? I'm always busy. I don't have time because again, their mentality is on this thing that's unattainable. Some may also think that moms who choose to take care of themselves are not committed enough to their roles as mothers. I know people used to say this about me because I'm not ashamed or afraid to say that I need time away from my kids. This is something that I've been doing for many years now. And my husband and I came to that agreement where it's like, either I take the weekend off, either I take a week off just to be by myself, might be in the province, it might be traveling but just a time away. And that's something that we've done. And it actually helps me because I just take time off. I'm an introvert. So I like to be in my space (laughs) and just alone from people, nobody touching me or talking to me or asking me for anything just so I can recharge. And it's been really helpful for me. So we keep doing it. Now there are people who, when I started talking about this, they were like, why would you leave your kids alone? What's going to happen to them? And of course I had all those worries But you know what? I did it once. I came back. They were fine. They had such a great time with their dad. And that served as my evidence that I could actually leave my kids for a few days and go away on my own. Now, I know that this is not something that everyone might want to do, but I'm just sharing what I have done. One of the things that I've done as part of my self-care toolkit to help and support myself. Now, none of these things are inherently wrong depending on how those thoughts have served you. 
So again, if you're someone who thinks that a woman who takes time away from her kids is not committed to her role as a mother, you're not going to feel comfortable leaving your kids with anybody, even if it's just for a few minutes or even a few hours, because you believe that taking that time off means that you're not committed to your family. I know it's not the answer you were looking for, and I'm not here to tell you one is right and one is wrong because I don't believe that any of those is superior over the other, but I want you to hear me out. All our behaviors, like I said, they start from a thought. So if you believe, again, that self-care is unattainable to you, what do you think you'll do? You'll always find excuses for why you cannot take time to care for yourself Or you might want it to be perfect. Calling out all my perfectionistic moms here, you might want everything to look perfect and then you can choose to take time for yourself, which depending on the stage of motherhood that you're in might not be accessible. So then you might feel like, well, you see, I can't take time off because my kids need me all the time. But is that really true? I don't know. I guess we'll find out in a bit. But going back to my client's case, she thought that taking care of herself was selfish. So guess what she was doing? We would come to the weekly meetings and, you know, set up goals and make plans for how she could take care of herself during the week. And she'd come back the next week and say, well, you know, I didn't do that. I didn't have time and all of this. And I kept noticing this pattern. So I had to call her out on that. Because rather than doing things that helped her to reduce stress in her life, like having boundaries, saying no, sleeping on time, or even taking a break at work to eat, she ignored all those things because the story that was playing at the back of her mind was choosing to do those things means I'm selfish. So we really had to unpack whether or not she believed that she was acting selfish when she said no to social invitations because she wanted to rest or she took her break to eat at work so that she wasn't hangry at the end of the day. So her answer was no, because of course, when she rested, when she ate during the day, she felt better and she was a better mom and wife at home. And I say this because this is why so many of us struggle. We don't take the time to really challenge our thoughts. Even when we know they're not serving us, it's like, well, that's the way it's always going to be. But is it really? So if this resonates with you, here's how we work through it. And I'm hoping that you can gain something here that will help you too. So first of all, we just started with building the awareness about those moments when she had the thought, taking care of myself is selfish. Simply paying attention, noticing those thoughts without any judgment or blame or anything. It was just like, hmm, okay, I see this is the moment when I'm thinking this thought. And she just paid attention over a few days just to see the trend. Because when it happens once, trust me, it's happening almost other times, but you're not paying attention. But once you make that intention of paying attention to that thought, you'll start to notice the times when it shows up. So that's what she did. Next, she moved on to being curious about the thoughts with questions like, I wonder why I have these thoughts. I wonder where these thoughts came from. Are these thoughts really true? And what do I do as a result of thinking this way? So this is something that she worked on and I encouraged her. We talked about it over a few sessions. Again, she was still paying attention, noticing the behavior without judgment, asking those questions. 
So once she was able to see how the thoughts were directing her actions, we were able to move on into reframing the thought by thinking of other ways she could view self-care through thinking neutral or positive thoughts. Because again, when we have negative thoughts, they will direct us to take negative action or inaction, right? So if you think self-care is selfish, you're not going to take the action you need to take care of yourself. You're just going to keep going through that cycle of stress and feeling like a martyr and complaining and acting unkindly and upset and like the world owes you. But if you were to think about self-care differently, how do you think you would act? So let's unpack that thought, taking care of myself is selfish. Taking care of yourself out of love for your health and well-being is not selfish. The thought that it's selfish comes from the culture that believes that moms should be martyrs for their homes. And often this is associated with feeling, you know, guilty or ashamed because you may be feeling like you're not following the cultural norm. And now I want you to know that this is completely normal. This is how we evolved and survived, trying to stay in the cultural norm, trying to follow the rules, not going outside what the collective agrees on. But once you start to see self-care for what it is, again, taking this proactive step to take care of your health and well-being, and it doesn't have to be something you need to do to escape from your life, you can replace the negative thoughts to a thought that actually leads you to take positive actions that include taking care of yourself. For instance, you could think taking care of myself is helpful because when I take care of myself, I feel energized, I feel rested, I feel like I'm in a better mood, I'm a better wife, I'm a better mom, I'm a better sister, I work better, I'm more productive, whatever the case is for you. It's just that simple. Whether you want to write it down and repeat it over and over to yourself, it helps. And it helps especially when that negative thought comes in, you have something else to replace that thought with. And like I said, when you start having those positive thoughts, they will drive you to take positive action. So when you take positive action and you notice that you're actually feeling much better, you're actually feeling more energized, then your brain is like, oh, I guess self-care is not really selfish. Maybe we can start thinking this way. So again, you're retraining your brain and your thoughts to support you rather than making you feel like a victim in your own life. So I always encourage my clients when they ha start having new thoughts like this, I encourage them to write it down, put it on their phone, put it on a sticky note, repeat it to themselves over and over again, again, to build that muscle. Over time, the negative voice will die down. It's never really going to go away because that's just something that we've been playing in our heads for 20, 30, 10, 40 years, 50 years, for a long time. So it'll be there. But we have to learn to dial it down a bit and turn up the volume on the positive thoughts, which actually help us have positive results. And then you'll find that self-care will start to feel much easier for you. Once it starts to feel easy, then you can find ways that you can support yourself in the different seasons of motherhood that you're in. So for me, I remember before I had kids, I would sit in a bathtub. I had so much time on my hands. I could read a book. I could do whatever. After I had kids, there was none of that because my first child was always the kid who wanted to be around you all the time. And I wasn't going to sit in a bathtub whilst putting her in her car seat next to me. It just wasn't relaxing. 
So I stopped doing that. But then I found other ways I could take care of myself. And now that my kids are not really dependent on me anymore, I'm going back to taking baths. And that's something that I feel like, okay, I do have the time now. I can start incorporating that. Will I do it often? Who knows? It just depends. But I've given myself that permission to be able to incorporate self-care into my life. So this is just what I'm trying to tell you that it is helpful when you give yourself the opportunity to think there are ways where you can actually take care of yourself, that it doesn't need to look like this burden or this selfish thing that you're doing. Obviously, there's a lot more work that goes into making sure that this change actually sticks. But what I'm sharing with you today is enough to help you see a breakthrough. And I believe once you see it work in one way, then you can start to apply it in other areas of your life. You can start applying it in your relationship with food. You can start applying it in your relationship with your body. It takes intention and practice, like I said, but it works. It's how I've made so many changes in my life, including going from feeling guilty about taking naps or even sleeping before the rest of my family because my family, they tend to sleep a lot later than I do. And I don't feel guilty about it. If I'm sleepy, we just do our nighttime routines and they keep on doing whatever they want to do with their dad while I go to sleep. That's how I've been able to give myself full permission to nap and go to bed early without apology. And I feel so much better when I've had my sleep. Now you may be thinking, well, this may not work for me. So here's my challenge for you. Why not listen to this episode? Think about everything I've talked about. Download that food freedom guide. Try everything we've talked about in this episode for 21 days. And if nothing changes, please send me a DM on Instagram. I will be very happy to give you a complimentary one-hour coaching session. But you're going to have to show me what you've done and work me through what you've done because I want to make sure that you've actually done the work and then we can have a conversation. (laughs) It's a good challenge. All right, my friend. That's all I have for you this week. I hope this was helpful. As always, please share this episode with your friends, download it, share it with a mom who you think might benefit, share it on social media and tag me at Olive and Bliss Wellness. I always love hearing from you and seeing how the podcast episodes are helping you make changes in your life. And most importantly, if you're yet to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, what are you waiting for? Please leave us a review, give us a five-star rating, and help this podcast get seen by a lot more moms who need this message. Okay, friend, I appreciate you for being here and I cannot wait to chat again next week. Until then, remember that you're worthy of taking time to care for yourself. And don't forget to keep thriving.